It's President's Day, the day where you don't have to work if you work at a bank. And we're going to take a look at a story where is it possible that ghosts actually built this nation? And then we fast forward 245 years to take a look at America today, where we take a look at some absolutely bizarre, disgusting true crimes. And it will make you rethink the first story, Should America Exist at All? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. It's President's Day. Everyone, stop what you're doing right now and salute a flag, preferably an American one. But if you're not around an American one, you can you can just salute a dude named Flag. But someone who we should always salute for their duty to this country. I don't even know where this person lives. Longtime Patreon supporter, longtime listener of the show, one of our legacy Patreon guys. Come on in and give a salute and a round of applause to TMAD. Woo! Salute and clap. That's a feat of engineering. TMAD, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Now, T-Man, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to drive all the way out to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Driving this old-timey car out there. And it's July 2nd, 1863. This is in the height of the Battle of Gettysburg. You just thought we were going to walk around like grave sites and like throw old rusty bullets at each other. No, we are in the trenches. I don't think they had trenches back then. I think they just kind of walked into bullets. Did they build trenches back then? I'm sure they I'm sure somebody did. I'm sure trenches were invented by 1863. This is July 2nd, 1863, the Battle of Gettysburg, one of the bloodiest battles of the Civil War. Over 50,000 Americans were killed in this battle. And that number seems high. It's possibly, it's possible that I wrote that number down wrong because that seems insane. But anyways, 50,000 Americans died during this battle. It went on for a couple days. It was, if you don't know, if you don't know American history, the Union, the North, was like, no more slaves. And you can't do all this crazy stuff. And the South is like, more slaves, more slaves. But... It's July 2nd, 1863. And what happens is there's this Union general and they're watching this big battle. People are getting shot. Some guy's trying to dig a trench real quick. They're like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Let's just try this. People are getting shot. Cannonballs are like rolling across the field, like crushing people's legs. Ah! And then like doctors were doing amputations super fast and like throwing limbs around. They're juggling them. We. Do you know what would have been cool if, like, doctors went undercover? Like, you had a Union doctor, and he's like, oh, dude, I'm going to dress up as a Confederate, and I'm going to run across the battlefield really, really quick. Hopefully I don't get shot by my own people. And now I'm a Confederate doctor, and when they're bringing people into the tent, and they're like, oh, my left leg got blown up, I would cut off their right leg instead. And you would do that. <laughs> you just do that all day long. No one even notices what's going on. They're like, that's weird. His left leg is clearly mangled by a cannonball. Why would you remove the right leg? You're like, I don't know. What, what's really going on other than my Civil War fan fiction is you have this Union general, dude, and he's like, okay, so we're watching this battle happening here at Gettysburg, but there are these hills nearby called the Round Tops, and this guy's looking at this map, like topographical map thingy, and he goes, dude, we need to get those hills. Like, I realize now those hills are like covered in trees, so it's great cover 
And they overlook the entire battlefield. Whoever takes the round tops are really going to win this battle and possibly the war, you know? We don't have any troops left. So the 20th Main Division, under the command of Colonel Joshua Chamberlain, is ordered to go take the round tops. They're like, okay, so they're like walking through the dirt and stuff like that. Uh, uh, uh. And then the sun goes down and it's super dark. So the moon is out, though, and they can barely see. And you, I'm sure there's still, like, bullets. Like, you can still hear battle and people dying. Ugh! You hear, some guy, you hear some guy going, no, no, not my right leg. It's my left leg that's wounded. The 20th Main Division's walking through the dark, and they realize their maps are outdated. And they come to a fork in the road, and they're like, ugh. Which way do we go? It's almost as if the outcome of this battle, no, the outcome of this war depends on whether or not we go right or left. But luckily, another Union soldier shows up on horseback. <laughs> and he's like, go this way. This is the way to the round tops. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll totally trust you. And they noticed something odd about him. He was wearing a tri-corner hat, which that was like old school at that point. That was like a revolutionary war hat. But they're like, okay, I mean, if he's giving us the right instructions, who cares what type of hat he has? So they go the way that this dude's like, go this way. And he's like walking on his horse. And they're like, oh, thanks. And they get to the round tops. It actually was the correct place. But then the Confederates, I guess they finally checked their maps and realized that the round tops were essential to winning this battle. So they're like, go take your men and take that hill. Go up, go, 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 go. So all these Confederates are running up to the round tops and the 20th Maine are shooting at them. There's like smoke everywhere, gunpowder, super smelly and stuff. People are like, ah, getting shot in the stomach. And this goes on for quite a while. It goes on for so long. The 20th Main Division, they're running out of ammo. So they're like, oh no, like this totally sucks, but we can't let them take this hill. Even if it means that all of us die now, we can't let them take this hill. So Colonel Joshua Chamberlain says, fix bayonets, boys. We're going to run down this hill into Confederate gunfire, and we're just going to stab them to death. The, the, the chances of them actually being able to pull this off successfully is pretty low. But what else are you going to do? You're running out of ammo. They're coming up the hill. Maybe you can psych them out. And at that point, the Union dude who showed up, who told them which way to go, he comes back on his horse. And they're like, <laughs> and what happened was when they got up to Round Top, they really stopped paying attention to this guy on the horse. They didn't really think much of it. They got to where they're supposed to go. These are battle-hardened veterans. They're not, they're not wondering, who was that magnificent stranger? They're like, that was nice. Let's dig in and shoot at people. But he's back at their darkest moment. Like, they're literally putting the bayonets, tightening them on the end of the gun, and they're like, uh, they're like taking out little old pictures of their family and kissing it and putting it back in their pocket, and some guy's, like, smoking his last cigar. <sighs> I'll be with you soon, pop-pop. And this dude shows up on this horse, and he rallies the men. You have this general with this funny-looking hat. And if that's not enough, if you ever need to do something, if you're ever feeling down and going, I don't know if this will be successful, imagine a dude showing up in a funny-looking hat, a tri-corner hat. It wasn't just that that got the spirit moving in them. He pulled out his sword, his little saber, and it was on fire. <laughs> And as the Union soldiers are watching this man on the horse with the flaming sword, they realize this isn't a Union general. This is George Washington's ghost. So 
They're like, okay, whatever happens now is going to be totally awesome, right? George Washington, first president of the United States, hero of the Revolutionary War, the man with the wooden teeth. He is there. They're all inspecting his ghost mouth. They're like, do you really have wooden teeth? Are your wooden teeth also part of being a ghost? Or did you get back your regular teeth? He's like, get out of here. We are ready to fight. Apparently, he said something like bayonets, fixed charge. And that's, we'll dissect that in a second, but what we know for sure, well, George Washington's ghost showed up on the round top on his horse with a flaming sword and leads the men into battle. And at this point, the 20th Main Division, you're like, worst case scenario, I die next to George Washington's ghost. And I'm sure he knows all the coolest places in heaven to hang out. Best case scenario, George Washington's ghost smashes the Confederate line and the Union wins the war. Everything the United States has saved. And those Young men with their bayonets fixed ran down that hill and it was so terrifying to the Confederates, they they retreated. They're like, we're out of here. Because again, the guns took a while to reload. If you shot at a dude coming at you with a bayonet and you missed, you're dead. And it wasn't just one dude, it was a whole army of guys coming down. The Union held the round tops. The Union won the Battle of Gettysburg. The Union, spoiler alert, won the Civil War. And this story is, it's interesting, this story is real. It's not an urban legend. This actually happened. The question is, what phenomenon actually happened? There's no doubt. This, this isn't one of those things where I found this story online in some old newspaper. Da, da, da. No, this actually was a story that was going around at the time. The Secretary of War, Edwin Stanton, the Secretary of War for Abraham Lincoln, opened an investigation into this after the war. You're all hearing these stories about George Washington's ghost show up. They investigated this. And one of the people that they talked to was Colonel Joshua Chamberlain. He was there. Hundreds of people saw this apparition. The stories where he gave the orders to fix bayonets and charge, that I could not find an official version of. I saw that mentioned on a couple of websites. The order to fix bayonets was actually before he showed up. So I don't think he actually said anything. Maybe he winked or gave a little like finger guns, little finger muskets. There's this quote going around that Colonel Joshua Chamberlain said, quote, we know not what mystic power may be possessed by those who are now biovacking with the dead. Which I had to look that up. That's like a temporary place you hang out with. So. We know not what mystic power may be possessed by those who are now biovacking with the dead. I only know the effect, but I dare not explain or deny the cause. Who shall say that Washington was not among the number of those who aided the country that he founded? Unquote. Official statement from the colonel who was there, but you'll see that quote a lot of places. However, he did say that, but it is out of context. I thought this was really, really interesting. I found out about this story from my favorite book, Haunted Places, The National Directory. I always recommend you guys buy a copy. It's not a referral link. It's, you can check in the show notes and buy it. I, I make nothing from it. It's just such a good book. That quote is in there. We know not what mystic power may be possessed. He did actually say that. However, he said something right ahead of it. A couple sentences before to give a context. He didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. It's very interesting. He said, yes, that report circulated through our lines, and I have no doubt that it inspired the men. Doubtless, it was a superstition. And then he kind of goes, well, but, you know, it, 
we know not what mystic power da 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 da. So he didn't believe believe that it happened. He did say he heard something. He goes, whether it's earthly or unearthly, he didn't really know. He's just heard these stories and he kind of like halfway believes it. But at the end of the day, it was a superstition, a very helpful superstition because it rallied the men. But they really did investigate this. This was a rumor that was going on for a long, long time. What's interesting is this is hard to find. I read it in the book. And I really, really had to look. Like, I, you you don't have to. The, all the links are in the show notes. But when you type in George Washington's ghost Gettysburg, a lot of it is just like, oh, here's George Washington's ghost walking around his family cabin. Here's George Washington's ghost doing this, doing that. This story was kind of hard to find. And I started to think, well, maybe it is an urban legend. So a fascinating story. And what it makes me wonder is... How often do ghosts involve themselves in global affairs? Like, yeah, we get it. Ghosts are knocking over chairs in your bedroom or standing standing behind you when you get out of the shower and you look in the mirror. There's just some, like, mutilated woman going, uh. You know, that's all, that's all well and good, right? But is, does, does Bloody Mary ever vote? Like, do ghosts ever find themselves embroiled in world affairs? Like, are there, we have the United Nations, and then there's, like, the United Nations of ghosts, because they couldn't come up with a better name, and there's a bunch of, like, ghost leaders floating around, and they're like, maybe we should do, like, more of what George Washington did. Maybe we should go fight battles for people and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, I would imagine not. I would imagine not. Otherwise, all of our wars would be ghost-related. We keep, like, fighting over cemeteries. We're like, why have we fought for so long over who gets to hold this cemetery? There's, like, oil reserves that are needed. But this ghost showed up, right? If this story is true, and it does seem like it, and this paranormal podcast, we believe in ghosts, but if George Washington showed up to this battle, weren't there, like, dead Southern generals? They probably died, and they're like, oh, man, I probably picked the wrong side on this one. As they're, like, floating away, they're like, uh probably shouldn't have been part of the South. They're probably immediately, like, regretted. They're walking through heaven, and people are like, oh, man, did you see that guy? He was trying to uphold slavery. And you're like, oh, come on, man. Anyways, um, that, <laughs> that probably played a part in it. But, yeah, it's interesting. Do ghosts... How many other war stories have been won because of a ghost? And then you think... I think even a more interesting question, have there ever been wars lost by a ghost? Like, everyone's doing really well, and a ghost shows up, and it's like Von Wilhelm II or something like that. And he's like, I was the ghost of the leader during World War One, and I will help you out during World War II. <laughs> His eyes are shifting from side to side. The Germans are like, yay, the ghost is on our side. And then he makes them lose. He's like, yeah, maybe if you invade Russia, <laughs> maybe if you invade Russia during winter, everything will work out a-okay. Because, yeah, would the ghost be like, uh, we're headed down the wrong path? Very, very interesting very, very interesting story. How often do ghosts interfere in world affairs? I guess the only way we'll know, <laughs> the only way we'll know is by starting massive wars over graveyards. TMAD, let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind the Battle of Gettysburg. We are headed all the way out to Louisiana. If you currently have like your kids sitting next to you and you're like, hey, Jason's telling a historical story about how the nation was saved by George Washington's ghost. Come over here, kids. Let's all sit in front of <laughs> let's all sit in front of my MP3 player with a little ball speaker on top of it and listen to this uplifting tale. If that has happened, get him out of the room now. Push him out of the room. Ah, get him away. Because these next stories, plural, they're short, they're 
insanely weird. Originally, these are stories that I was going to talk about on my TikTok, but my TikTok would get shut down. TikTok has a very, very, very strict policy about content, which I've run afoul of a couple times. Stuff that I've talked about on this show, I put it on TikTok, and they're like, we're blocking your account for seven days, dude. So they wouldn't let me run this stuff, but it's so bizarre. And it makes you think like George Washington saved the day. But then you look at these stories and you're like, what is wrong with the people here in America? Livingston Parish, Louisiana. There's a husband and a wife living there. We have Cynthia Perkins and Dennis Perkins. I mean, what a couple. These people, upstanding pillars of the community. Cynthia is a school teacher. And Dennis is a sheriff's deputy. And you go, that that's cool, right? I mean, you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to live next to these guys. They'd probably be a total nightmare to live next to these two. You got a cop and a teacher living together. I couldn't find exactly what grade she taught. What happened was these two people recently got arrested for uh, like pedophilia stuff, right? And it was like manufacturing it, and I guess the Dennis was sleeping with some 13-year-old girl or something like that. So that's super great. That alone, right? Just lock them up, get rid of them. But what makes the story even more bizarre is that I don't know how they figured this out. I, I'm assuming she confessed to it. But Cynthia, she pled guilty to these charges. She's facing 41 years in prison for all of this stuff that they've done. But one of the things that she mentioned, or one of the things the cops figured out, was Cynthia made cupcakes. And that's not against the law, right? A baker's listening to this episode. They're like, oh no, am I going to get arrested? Cynthia one day made cupcakes, but she had her husband ejaculate into the... <laughs> I know that went from zero to 60 real quick. She had her husband ejaculate into the batter making the cupcakes. And then she served them to her students. That's so weird to me. I don't understand... How someone could get off, like, what were they doing it as a prank? I, I assume it was sexual, right? How would you get off, like, how would you get off on that? Who knows? I remember a long time ago, I came across this story. It, it wasn't just me. It was of national news. Some dude, he was like a music teacher in California. I'm just going off my memory. I haven't pulled up the article recently, but I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Great, thank you. Something else for me to avoid. In your show notes, there was a music teacher in California who was masturbating on flutes and then giving them to his students. Crazy, right? People are nuts. People are nuts. But you have George Washington going, that's gross, but you know the justice system is taking care of those sickos. And we'll take care of that. Jason, of course I want America to still be here. Well, hold on to your tri-cornered hat, George Washington, because... T-Mad, let's get back in that Carpenter Copter. We're headed out to Van Buren County, Michigan. Van Buren County, Michigan. This just happened last year. But then there was a new wrinkle to this case. Van Buren County, Michigan. We're in the Hamilton Township. And that's the near the Oak Shores Campground. September 20th, 2021. Melody Rower... 64-year-old woman, she's jogging down the street. <sighs> she loves jogging. They didn't say that in the article, but I don't think I don't think anyone jogs if they hate it. But uh, like a lot of tragic stories, it starts off with her not coming home when she's supposed to come home and friends and family are missing her. 
Call the authorities. The authorities go and are tracking things, trying to figure out where she might have been. And they notice that her cell phone is pinging at a local Walmart. Now, at this point, it's the next day. It's September 21st, 2021. The police go out and they're following the phone. And they find it in the possession of one Colby Martin, 29-year-old dude. This guy, you should look at his photos in the show notes. He basically looks like the Chad meme, like the Giga Chad meme. He's a good-looking dude, which makes the story even weirder. right? Strong chin, good bone structure. He goes, yeah, sorry, I have this phone of this woman who's been missing. Why did he take the phone? This story's so nuts. Yeah, I know I have this phone and I left it on and you were able to ping it. And I answered it a couple times. I answered it and I go, hello. And they're like, yeah, this is the police. Who's this? And I hung up. And the cops go, hey, so what happened? We got this missing woman. And he goes, oh, okay, I'll tell you what happened. You see, I'm standing right next to my F-150 truck. And you notice that it is completely dented up. And they're like, yeah, we did notice that. He goes, yeah, so what happened was yesterday I was driving down the road and I accidentally hit this woman. And it freaked me out, right? I did. You should never, ever, ever leave the scene of an accident. Ever, ever, ever leave the scene of an accident. It always makes it worse. Unless you think you can get away with it. No, I'm just joking. Never, ever, ever leave the scene of an accident. I had, I was an acquaintance who did that. Not good. No, the sentence became way worse. I think it was a friend of a friend, but he was also visiting. He was also visiting Los Angeles and ended up in L.A. County Jail. And he was terrified, terrified. He had never been in trouble in his life. And the very first time he's in jail is in L.A. County Jail. Anyways, I never I don't know how that story ended. I just know that he really got messed up because he kept driving. Never leave the scene of the crime. He said, I was driving down the road and I hit this woman and I totally freaked out. I didn't know what to do. So I dragged her body off into the bushes and got back in my car and drove away. So the police go, do you remember where the body's at? He's, yeah, yeah, totally. I remember where the body's at. And he takes the cops back out there and they go through the bushes a bit and he goes, here she is. And there, of course, was the body, the dead body of Melody Rower. So he gets charged with hit and run, vehicular manslaughter, leaving the scene of a crime. I guess that was a hit and run. No, I think that is actually two different charges. And um, concealment of a corpse, concealment of a dead body. So he's facing all these charges. And the judge says you can have bail. Bail set at $300,000. And he's able to pay bail. So probably got a bail bondsman, paid 10%, came up with 30000 somehow, and walks. Cops are investigating all this stuff. This all happened back in September, right? I don't know what led the cops to look even more into this. Because again, it's a hit and run, right? It's a case closed. Like he paid bail, but they know this guy's going to get some time. The car was damaged. She had He had her phone. He showed them where the body was. Cut and dry case. But the police, something must have cued him off on the autopsy. Because the police start investigating him more. They're getting these warrants, and apparently they're able to check his internet search history. And they go, hmm, okay, maybe we should just stop investigating this now. And um, just pretend we didn't see what was on the internet. What they found was the day she was hit by the car which they know is September 20th, a couple hours after he said the accident happened, he went home. Actually, was he was living with his girlfriend at the time. He goes to his girlfriend's house, 
and he is searching for and watching necrophiliac pornography. Cops are like, oh man, like <laughs> which is the rest of the people who made this website as well. A couple hours after this car accident, he's searching up porn where they're having sex with dead women or women who are unconscious pretending to be dead. That is a weird fetish that people have. I remember I was reading this book a long time ago. It was about this serial killer. He would have his girlfriends take really, really cold baths. And then she they get in bed and would be motionless and he would have sex with them. And, the, and the, I remember the one girlfriend was saying, I knew what he was trying to do. Like, I knew he was pretending I was dead. Like, that was his fetish. Totally creeped her out. I think she stayed with him for a couple of years, but... Yeah, she knew what it, what he was trying to emulate. The cold feel of a dead body. I don't remember who that serial killer was. I read that years ago. but He's watching necrophiliac porn. And then the police are like, okay, so now we might have a motive. Maybe this wasn't accidental. Or maybe he hit this woman accidentally and dragged her body into the bushes and goes, well, now I have a new fetish. And then went home to watch necrophiliac porn. The police keep digging into this and they actually go through his trash cans, which is public property. Anyone, at any, I could go digging through your trash right out in the front of your yard. Once you put it in the trash, it is public property. Anyone can dig through it. So they start digging through it and they find used condoms. Plural. They find used condoms and they take him back to the lab and eventually they get a search warrant for his car and they find used condoms in his car, plural, again, with his DNA in it, obviously, and Melody's DNA on the condoms. So they're like, did he rape her and then hit her with the car? And at this point, the captain walks in and goes, please stop talking about this. Please stop talking about this in the middle of my police station. And here's probably, this is why I'm captain. Here's probably what happened. He's a necrophiliac. And he hit her on purpose with the car, dragged her off into the bushes, and had sex with her dead body. Go arrest this freak. Please quit investigating it. We know he's a weirdo. Go arrest him. They did. They just showed up like a week ago. He's sitting at his girlfriend's house. And a bunch, of cops, a bunch of cops break in and arrest him for murder. This is not a hit and run charge anymore. It's first degree premeditated murder. They are saying he killed this woman with his car on purpose to the reason why he did this was to have a dead body to have sex with. He brought the condoms. He had it planned out whether or not she was a specific target or just a target of opportunity. They have not revealed yet, but he was driving down that road. He ran over a woman to kill her and then dragged her out in the bushes and had sex with her dead body. That might be one of the worst true crime stories I've come across in a long time. And I read a ton of this stuff. I know I'm always coming at you with the funny ghost stories or the creepy alien stories. I read more... Pound for pound, I read more true crime articles than everything else put together. It's a truly, truly terrifying story. And it almost feels like the, it's it, it feels like things are accelerating. It feels like the true crime is getting worse. Now, yes, there's been necrophiliac serial killers in the past. I'll put all those in the show notes. I'm sure there's Wikipedia pages. But I don't know. There's just something about... I don't know. I imagine, like, necrophiliac serial killers, like, you know, like, poison people or stab them. 
a bit. Well, enough to kill him, but then you're like, aha, a dead body to have sex with. Versus hitting it with a car. There's a lot of damage that's done to a body when you hit it with a car. Like, ugh. You know what I mean? I mean I'm not saying it's okay to have sex with a hot dead body, but hitting someone with a car and then dragging them out into the bushes and having sex multiple times with the corpse in broad daylight seems like an escalation over like some serial killer from like the 1970s who's stabbing people with a long knife right through the heart and they die pretty quickly and then having sex with their body. I'm sure they're both disgusting. I'm not excusing that dude from the 70s. I'm like, oh, he's just a product of his time. It feels like the true crime is getting worse. Now, is it so bad, like I said in my intro, that America shouldn't be around? No. This is a minority of the populace that are making these cupcakes and stabbing people and all this stuff, or not stabbing people, running them over with cars. It's a minority of the population, but it's just, it feels like things are getting worse. It feels like things are accelerating in the true crime angle. And it kind of makes me think, what's next? Like, what, <laughs> do not send me suggestions, but what's next? How bad are things going to get? People are becoming more perverse. So I ask now, where are you, Mr. George Washington? How come you're not here saving us today? Sure, Gettysburg, pivotal battle, a bunch of people died and the Union won. But George, imagine how much help you could be when like, there's a serial killer walking down an alleyway with a hatchet and then they see like a flaming light behind him and they turn around and it's you on your horse with a flaming sword. Right? Do you think that guy's going to be a serial killer anymore? <laughs> maybe, maybe he has some deep-seated mental issues, but he's not going to kill someone that night, right? Imagine you have like a bunch of kids at the club, they're hanging out, and some guy's like, oh, dude, let's rob this place. <laughs> this is such a fun club. I want to own it forever. And they go to like rob it, and they're going to do like a takeover robbery and shoot all these people. And then George Washington shows up, like the music drops. And then there's just like George standing there with a flaming sword, and they're like, hey, who's that old man? And they start shooting bullets at you. And you're like flipping over them. They just pass through. You're a ghost, but you want to show off, and you're like cutting them up with your flaming sword. The horse, the horse is at the turntables. What, what, what? How come that can't happen? If the true world of true crime is accelerating, I want the world of the paranormal to accelerate as well. I want to see the world of the paranormal start to just be active in our daily lives. Because nothing bad, nothing bad ever happens when demons and ghosts get involved, right? Now that I put that out in the universe, I was like, that actually might be worse. <laughs> then not only do you have to worry about serial killers and necrophiliacs, you have to also worry about their ghosts floating around as well. Uh, so I guess really on, on this President's Day, on President's Day 2022, I think we should salute our presidents and also ask more of them. You guys did a bunch of stuff when you were alive. I think President's Day is actually only two of them, right? It's Lincoln and Washington. But you guys did a bunch of cool stuff when you were alive, but now that you're dead and you have the powers of the afterlife, help us more. Help us grow as a people. Beat up child molesters and um, and necrophiliacs. <laughs> Those two just necrophiliacs and child molesters. Bank robbers, they're cool. But yeah, on this President's Day, let us not forget the sacrifices the presidents made, and let us ask for even more sacrifices they can make in the afterlife. Because if true crime is going to become more and more crazy, then the world of the paranormal should accelerate as well, but in good ways and not disturbing ways. I don't want the Scolari brothers floating around a courtroom. I want ghosts of good people, like 
cowboys and they're like shooting shooting dudes and then astronauts go some astronauts that would be dope right they're coming down and they're like i don't know how they're supposed to stop crying they're floating in space they're like no this is eternal torment they're like, ghosts are just floating around in space my point is is that i want more ghosts good ghosts to fight the evil humans it's time to put on that tri-cornered hat and ride to our rescue you did it once during gettysburg now, do it again. <laughs> I'm ordering you, General George Washington, save us. Save the country that you created. Because in, in a way, these stories are all your fault. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Shh.